Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now to talk about the weather forecast here for the week ahead, we welcome back Eric Snodgrass of Nutrient. And Eric, great to catch up with you, sir. And uh, hopefully you're bundled up because I know the start of this week across a wide area of the country is feeling very, very cold here as we get things going, Eric. Yeah, you know, we actually had the first fire in our fireplace last night, and and uh, here in Central Illinois, we're, our temperatures have already dipped down below freezing a couple of times, but uh, the, the depth of the cold coming this week could put parts of the Midwest in the teens. That's how cold we're talking. I mean, those are the kind of numbers we often discuss when it's January. Uh, but yeah, we've got freeze warnings out for numerous states from Colorado all the way over to the Appalachian Mountains and, and freeze watches that extend in some places like in southern Mississippi and Alabama, almost all the way down to the Gulf Coast. And some of that uh, really cold air could make its way into central North Carolina. And that's been a place where October has been very cold, the, the East Coast, the Carolinas. And they need um, they really needed another 10 or 20 days of warm weather to get everything finished up. So is this frost uh, unprecedented? No, I mean, it, it's early. It's very early, but it's just the depth of it that's really uh, impressive. So we're concerned about, you know, a lot of people uh, under some sort of uh, frost risk uh, and seeing some really cold temperatures behind this. But don't get used to it. I mean, it is all going to change very soon. So if you're cold to start off the week, it will not. you will not finish the week there. I promise you that. Yeah, I know. We're looking at uh, maybe a bit of a warm-up here heading to the weekend. And I also wonder, are we going to see any sort of precipitation? Because there's a lot of areas that could use some sort of uh, maybe even some rainfall here as we or maybe you know in the form of snow i don't know some folks but talk about what you're seeing on the precipitation front eric well i mean there was some snow over the weekend in uh, yeah. parts of uh, northern minnesota northern wisconsin the up of michigan in fact there's a winter storm warning out today uh, in the up of michigan uh, but you know in terms of rainfall it's kind of funny last tuesday i, I gave a talk to a bunch of six seven and eight year olds at a local school and it had just started to rain. I said, you know, the best thing about the rain out there day to kids. And they're like, what? And I said, it knocked some of the dust out of the air. And I said, how many of you have had a sore throat or don't feel good? And they're all raising their hands. I'm like, this is going to make it better. And no joke. They all start cheering. Well, if I had to go there this Tuesday, I'd say it's cold right now. And we're not going to see much precipitation until we get into the weekend. And that is uh, maybe for some folks, not even by the weekend. So there are still wide open harvest windows in the midsection of the country until we see what's coming into the northwestern United States on Friday and Saturday until we see that eject into the plains. Now, we start off cold. The temperatures really warm up later this week. In some places, there could be over a 50-degree swing in temperatures in the Midwest by the end of this week. Uh, and with that, we're going to open up the Gulf, which means when these storm systems start rolling through late this weekend into next week, um, we could see chances for severe weather again. Sometimes you just think you're done with things, but then Mother Nature has other plans. This is going to shut everything down in the Northwest. Very cold in the Northwest, snow piling up in the Cascades and the Rockies. Uh, and it's really going to start to just change the overall pattern. Now, the question is, do we just keep the warm bias to start November and then keep it in there to the middle of November? Uh, so I guess what I would say is this pattern change isn't going to just come and go. I think it's going to be around for the start of November. And if you're a Midwestern grower, that means we got tighter harvest windows coming up here once we get out of October and start November. Well, I know another concern, Eric, is the water levels on the Mississippi River. So as you take a look at what uh, this pattern change could do, 
are we going to see significant enough uh, rainfalls or even, you know, snowfalls that could, you know, eventually melt to give us a little bit of an improvement on the Mississippi River? Yeah, you know, rivers can recover relatively quickly. Uh, let me rephrase that. It sometimes can take weeks to do that, but that's quick for a river. But we need to have a lot of precipitation to do that. And right now, parts of the Mississippi are way below normal. In fact, in Memphis, you can see the low stage, stage level is about five feet. We're, we're, we're 15 feet below the low stage level of parts of Mississippi, uh, Mississippi River. And of course, you've heard lots of news stories each week about how this has affected barge traffic. While the soil moisture values that cover much of the Mississippi drainage basin, the watershed, are in the 2 to 5% range. So what ends up happening here is you've got to have a lot of water get in there to start to change the way it percolates through the soil and gets to the rivers, which means we could be dealing with this issue for probably another month before things are corrected, uh, if they're going to be corrected. So um, the unfortunate thing is to correct a drought, often you have to get a tremendous amount of rain, and that's not what we want either. Uh, we, we still have a crop to get harvested. We'd like to see some of these windows stay open, but the, the, the drawback is what it's done lately to the, to the Mississippi. So yeah, I, I um, you know, the forecasted change is a good thing, but let's do this a bit more gradual than just an abrupt stop on where it has been and where it is going to go. Eric, let's talk South American weather. We're continuing to watch planting in Brazil and Argentina. What's the latest you're seeing with the uh, weather forecast down south? Still pretty favorable for planting progress in Brazil's central and northern growing areas, especially Mato Grosso. I mean, we got the report out Friday. They were at 41% planted. I believe last year they were 45%. That's way above the five-year average, which is somewhere in the low 20s, if I remember correctly. So they've taken advantage of these early rains. The issues are in southern Brazil, parts of Paraguay, Uruguay, and Argentina, where the drought in some places have been historic. And last week I was looking on Thursday, um, uh, Cordoba and mm -hmm. Buenos Aires are like 8 to 12 inches below normal in spring rainfall. So that's a substantial drought in that area. Uh, so they need uh, they need quite a bit of moisture to get things going. So a lot of delays south. Well, as you know, we talk about drought in parts of South America, too much rain in Australia, eastern Australia, that wheat crop uh, sounds like might be in a little bit of trouble over there, Eric. Yeah, I mean, too much spring rain can be a major problem uh, for a lot of their winter crops. And we just, uh, you know, last week I was talking to a group of Australians and I said, the amount of rain that's coming into New South Wales and in Victoria and parts of, of southern Queensland, uh, over, that's the eastern side of Australia, uh, over the next 10 days, there were two big events coming through. And they may have been able to put down in some places four to six inches of rainfall. The group I was talking to deals with uh, water allocation. And they said, all of the rivers are already full. The reservoirs are already full. We, we don't want any more rain, you know, but I'm saying, well, the atmosphere doesn't care what you want. <laughs> it's going to give you what it's going to give you. And it's all prompted, by the way, by the patterns we typically get with a La Nina. So a lot, they're certainly dealing with the other end of the spectrum when it comes to La Nina. They're on the receiving end of it, while we're usually on the end that doesn't get the moisture here. Well, Eric, fantastic stuff as always. Any other final thoughts, anything else we haven't covered this week? I just say this, that La Nina continues to advertise an expiration date, and I could be wrong. I mean, we could all be wrong, but I still see supporting evidence that it's going to be with us through the front half of winter, still having an influence, but I'm not sure how much longer it's going to hang on after that. We might start to see an entirely different pattern once we start a new year. Well, with that, we appreciate the time. As always, Eric Snodgrass of Nutrients, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good.
And that's all the time we have for American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.